the illusionist named the great Lafayette was the highest paid magician of his time, wowing global audiences with dramatic illusions and tricks. But his mysterious death would change the auditorium and Palace Empire Theater forever. This is Casual History. What's up? Hello, how's it going, Jake? Dude, it's going good. Here, let me get you set up here. What's up, man? How you been today? Doing all right. It is a Sunday, even though this is coming out on Monday. It's a Sunday, so Dude, taking it night easy. Pod. Night pod. Night pod today. <laughs> night pod Way sounds more chill like vibe. Uh, Tide pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. It's a great start to this episode already. I that's can already it. tell. We're going to do your laundry for you. We're already starting off great. About. We are. We are. This is definitely going to be a little bit more looser format, which is going to be really fun. So (laughs) I'm hoping to have a good story for you. Yeah, you're bringing it in this week. Um, And I heard the intro. It's about a magician. Yes. But first off, maybe before we get into that, any housekeeping, anything around the podcast you need to mention or that we need to jump into or are we good to jump into Uh, the story? Nothing in particular that I could think of besides just thank you guys for listening. Um, Really appreciate it. The last two episodes have been insane. Like, just numbers wise and your guys's feedback on them. So just really appreciate every single message you guys have sent. Yeah. Um, there's I'm a trying cool, to keep up. There's a cool new feature, um, that I see where we can pose questions to people who are listening. Yeah. Is that only through Spotify? Do you know? Uh, I was doing that through our podcast host. Yeah. But so do you know no. if it pops up on Spotify? Like who gets that question? Yeah, I believe it's on Spotify only. Okay. Should be able to. Yeah, so, it should pop up in the middle of your podcast. Okay, cool. So that's I thought I saw that the other day, and I thought that was fun. So if you're listening on Spotify, um, you get a random little question about the podcast that we put up there for yes. each episode. Thought that was a fun thing. Um, we haven't decided if you made it to the end of the last podcast. I don't think we decided <laughs> on our our cipher for the end of this one. Maybe we or can have add it, we. or maybe we'll put one at the end of this podcast. That'd or be fun. Have we. <laughs> um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, you have to listen to the the full podcast right. of last one we did. If um, you've just heard this, and you've already missed the clue, so you have to go back and rewind. Yeah. Oh yeah. We already gave the clue. <laughs> that's fun. Um, but that's not yeah, what man. we're here, Jacob. We're here because no, you not. got you got a story, uh, some history for us. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I got what some got? history for you. Um, okay, so we have a really fun story. Um, about a man I had never heard of um, called the Great Lafayette. Do you know anything of this name, Jeff? Lafayette. Have you heard of him before? Like, yes. um, it sounds like he. No, I don't know who he is. But I do know he's a magician. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's it. That's all I know. Yes, he is a magician. Um, but he was a person that was literally the highest paid magician of all time. So Even the Houdini? fact that, like, Yes, in the same era as Houdini. In fact, they same were friends. Era? Oh, really? Okay. They See, were I friends. was going to ask you right off the bat, is this pre, post? What's No, the, what's they were the on idea? the circuit together. Ah. But Houdini's like stuff uh, outshadowed his. But wow. that's why this story is really interesting. It's because they were friends. They knew each other. And as well as that community together. Yeah. Um, not shared tricks, but also like would try to copy one another. So it was a really like cutthroat um scene out there yeah which is fun to think about um but yeah his his name was sigmy uh sigmund nuremberger was his first name sigmund uh, nuremberger 
Yes, correct. Interesting. Okay. I was he just was born get, in- just going to say just not to interrupt you, but I always think about this sometimes where if, and this is a I don't mean to get off on a tangent right off the bat. <laughs> Go for it. But like it feels like that's a perfect time to be a magician. Like people, I almost feel like a little bit more of a belief in the the mystical, magical. I almost feel like we're kind of turning a corner where people are starting to get back into the mystical and magical again. Um, Dude, that'd be awesome. I think I think you're right. Like I think um, living in a world with less technology and stuff. I mean, obviously, you cannot get your name out there like you can now. Like you can be seen across the world by posting, you know, a TikTok, a tweet, or doing something crazy, and. That was obviously not the times, but as far as like the mystery, like specifically with magicians and illusionists, right? Um, it would seem to be a really good time because, like, you couldn't look up a YouTube video of how they did that trick. Nah, it was you just go they to were doing a, the devil's work, you know? Right, exactly. You were <laughs> like, I don't know what voodoo this man's yeah. working with, but I saw real magic today, so that made it very cool. Um, but he was born in Munich in 1871. Um, so his stage name would later become the Great Lafayette. Uh, he had immigrated to the U.S. with his family, as did Harry Houdini. Um, both Nuremberger and Houdini had the, uh, had the fortune to be born in an age when the fame of great illusionists could spread by word of mouth quickly around the world. Right. Thanks to new technologies and big audiences that were ready to be thrilled and entertained. Hey, I get it. Like, I, If I was back then, if I was living in 1919 or 1918, you know? Like that would be, dude. That'd be that'd be the, the thing. place to go. That'd be the place to go. That'd be the the thing. What to do? I'd want to go see Houdini. Hell yeah, Jeffrey. You're you'd be the type of person that would go there with legit intentions of like, I want to learn this magic. I want to be I Houdini. Want, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whoever exactly. it was at the time, I would definitely fall into the. Hey, let me learn that. Um, right. They were the rock stars of the time. I would imagine. They were. They definitely were. Um, so Sigmund's career started in a very normal fashion. So he learned the craft um, of vaudeville out west in the USA's uh, mining camps and towns. So um, I had to look up what vaudeville was specifically for mm-hmm. you. So I've done that work for you. <laughs> um, That's why you're but here. For, for those who don't know, like me, vaudeville was kind of a variety show um, consisting of short acts like um, aerobatic turns, song and dance routines, and animal acts. Puppets? So it's just like a bunch of crazy story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was we're a talking pretty much early circus. Uh, it wasn't the circus. It's uh, it's Similar? it's a different kind of yeah. It's just more of like a variety show where okay. like anybody could bring their talents like random. Yeah. Um, but he ran through these circuits and apparently it was really tough. He said uh, the way of life. Um, and this world was really tough for Sigmund, but it was a big way to make big money in the business right off the bat. Yeah. Um, apparently it was very lucrative to do this. Hmm. Um, it was a baptism by fire to any performer needing to get themselves ready for a life on the stage. Hmm. So it kind of prepared him for what was to come. Yeah. You got to cut your teeth. That's right. So during this time, he actually developed a shooting act with bows and arrows. Um, and he presented it in London in the early 1890s. Think about that. People would do wild shit. Like, (laughs) um, who's the Pistol Annie? Is that who I'm thinking of who would shoot? Like, people would come to watch Annie Oakley? Annie Oakley. Who would I say Pistol Annie? I don't know where Pistol Annie? Who's Pistol Annie? (laughs) I I was close. Who knows? Night Pod, guys. Night Pod. Pistol Annie is a musical group. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I meant meant to say. Not even a person. They're a country group, modern, the Pistol Annies. Um, Yes. Wow. I cannot believe I... Mixed up Annie Oakley 
Oakley. Yeah, yeah but, Buffalo Bill and Annie Oakley, man. That's that's another podcast in itself. Super right. cool. That would Super be a cool different, a di- separate podcast. But but just people would come to watch highly skilled people do something specific. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. Wild. People don't do that yeah, anymore. Man. People, I mean, people put on a YouTube video, and obviously that's how we're getting people's talents and stuff. But like that was, it obviously is a. Uh, uh, pretty important for that time. Yes, it's it's very different, but I I really do think the the time and the setting is what puts it over the edge. Like you were just saying, like um, it it was a time where technology didn't ruin a lot of things for you, and so a lot of things left up in the air were just left up in the air. You left that show not knowing how he did that trick. Couldn't you could go not on find Wikipedia, it. you know. You or, couldn't go anywhere and learn how to do it. Yeah, couldn't type in Google so, and go how to do this trick, and then they ruins right. the magic. You know. So why couldn't it be real, you know? Yeah. Back then, like, in your mind, like, not knowing what it is. Yeah. You could say, that's real magic. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Um, so although uh, although he was working his ass off, real success eluded him. So he returned to the States, working on new material that would be more dramatic and captivating. Um, this material included quick changes of costume, sharpshooting, and impressions. Huh. So he did a little bit of everything, man. Yeah, a little Jim Carrey-esque, you know? That's right. That's right. You just got to get it done. Whatever made the money, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sigmund was highly ambitious, and he had the flair, imagination, and audacity it required to stage out huge and grand illusions. Um, as his career developed, his fame come from, came from all the high-quality staging he did. It required a ton of work behind the scenes, and he had a lot of people to pull it off. So he had a large, large team. Staging, that he had how to do keep you mean? Control. Staging as, as in like they would put together like a, like a theater act type thing. Yes. So th- he was known for like just having huge props, mm. um, full stage setups, like animals, like a full range of exotic animals, like lions, tigers. You know what I the think? Whole of? thing. You know what I think of? I think of the Mind Freak episode. For anybody who's ever l- watched magicians on TV. Growing oh up, gosh. do you know who do you, you know Mind Freak? Yeah, Chris Angel. I I think of Chris Angel yeah, and I immediately think, think of David Freak. Blaine. Well, yeah. Well, here's what the reason that I bring that up is because now I'm imagining there's one episode where he has a group of people uh, hold hands in a circle, and then suddenly an elephant appears in the center. That oh, this dude. is what I'm imagining Sigmund was doing, <laughs> 1915 <laughs> or 19 blowing this people's was. minds, man. Yeah, bringing in ele- like, elephants and tigers and making them appear and yeah. disappear. But that's also what you had to do. Think about that, right? Like, um, even if your trick was good, right, and you thought, you know, no one could copy this, if you brought in distractions like exotic animals that people would pay alone to go just see those exotic animals by themselves. Yeah. But that on stage doing crazy, like, almost like theater-like plays mm-hmm. with magic. So he was he was definitely, like... Uh, ahead of his time that way and like creating a big atmosphere and shows yeah sounds fun yeah sounds so, like a good time yeah and he had a large team which made it really difficult because again like this was it's funny you don't think of uh, magicians and illusionists being like their own um cutthroat world but he grew up with a ra- like surrounded by a bunch of up-and-coming really great magicians of his time and they were all trying to steal tricks off of other people who were doing it better at the time. Yeah. Um, stealing tricks from each other, trying to one up someone else's trick. They would go watch another person's show. Yeah. And then try to create something just one upping them. Uh, that makes sense to me. It's it's like com- the yeah. comedy world, like young upcoming musicians, uh, having a crew of people that you're kind of in the same city working on. 
the same craft. You're going to see each other's uh, material. You're going to steal and try to beg, borrow, and, you know, try to be better than everybody else. So it makes sense. Exactly. Seems like a tough, I mean, it's part of any, I almost feel like, uh, creative craft. So I get it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so next, though, he went on tour through Tennessee, Jeffrey, if you can imagine where he went in Tennessee. Memphis Um, and Nashville? (laughs) Yes. Wow. Uh, Sigmund ran into none other than Harry Houdini. They were both not famous and still new to the scene at the time, and they were playing the Grand Opera House on Cherry Street in Nashville. Okay. Uh, During his time in Nashville, Harry gave his friend Sigmund the gift of a dog, but it was not just any dog. This would become Sigmund's best friend and traveling companion. He named the dog Beauty, and it even created a fake pedigree for the dog. Um, Where Houdini got this dog was anybody's guess. No one knew. Pulled it out of a hat. He pulled it. He pulled his dog out of a hat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but when I when I try to describe, dude, when I was doing research on this, it's so funny. Um, when I try to describe how people love their animals like obsessively, this man was one of those. Like he spent every dime he made, if it wasn't on the shows, on this dog. So basically, yeah, he was like getting a lot of people I know. <laughs> yeah, he was getting five-star meals, his own carriage. Huh. Um uh, like I'll, I'll go works. through it in here. The works. Yeah. The, he got the works. Um he was quite obsessive with beauty, and on the front door of his home in London, Sigmund hung a plaque that read, "The more I see of man, the more I love my dog," which I think is uh It's a great line. It's a great line. It's it a great truth, line. you know. Dude, we don't deserve animals, man. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> we really don't. I, I don't. It, that never came across as ludicrous. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Spent a lot on his, right. his dog. Okay, <laughs> I, I agree. Well, <laughs> to his decisions. Beauty, <laughs> Beauty had her own room and bathroom in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, she yes, ate five course, course meals, of course, and an image of Beauty appeared on Sigmund's checks. Right. He was also a member um, of the cast of his show, so. She was a part of his whole routine, right? Yeah, uh, uh, of course. <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah, man, the dog. Of course, of course. <laughs> this is not surprising. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I got a dog from Harry Houdini, I'd probably take care of it like that. To be honest with you, yeah. So I get great it. gift. Um, but who just gives someone a dog, though? You know, like if you if a- you just randomly gave me a dog without asking, I'd kind of be, dude. Maybe is that a red flag? I don't know. I would. I don't know how I would react because, like, what if I can't take care of it? You know. Yeah. No. It's it's like you're literally thrusting a huge amount responsibility I, on someone. Yeah. You're talking about like 15 years of your life. Like this is going to be a member of your family. Also, here, just have this. <laughs> it obviously worked out, but um, I did. just. I mean, a dog gift or, or a living animal as a gift, if it's not pre, like, uh, discussed, or maybe if someone has been mentioning mentioning it, you know. Um, right, I couldn't yeah, imagine I just giving you a dog randomly. So they must. I, I would assume there was a conversation that Houdini and Sigmund had of, you know, hey, maybe I want a dog. Maybe he was a lonely guy, and yeah, Houdini true. was like, true. okay, and he found a stray and was like, I know who who would want this right yeah, here. <laughs> true, true. They probably could. Very happen. possible. Um, but as his fame rose, he decided to officially take his stage name and be called the Great Lafayette. And his nickname was quite literally, in quotes, the man of mystery, Jeffrey. I like it. So, he, yeah, exactly. I love it. I um, want that to be my Twitter handle, the man of, <laughs> the man of mystery. The man of mystery. Yeah. Uh, 
One of his first signature illusions was called The Lion's Bride. So this will tell you how intricate some of his shows were. And it gives you a little bit of idea of all the stuff that uh, people got to see when they went to see his show. Yeah. Um, it, uses, it used horses, dogs, and a lion to perform. Um, it was incredibly hard to copy, although some magicians certainly tried. Um, he added original magic tricks, lots of quick changes, and a few Chinese magic feats to his act. Inspired by the famous performer uh, Ching Ling Fu, who was very, very popular around the time, um, and he copied a lot of his tricks from uh, him. Who I don't know. He was actively, that. yeah, he was actively like that. performing around. Okay, okay, so he's he's a stealer. So he's a yes. good, magi- but he he's he's working his way up. He's a great magi- magician. Okay, the doing, way doing I things bigger, it. doing things better. He's, he's trying to build things, you know. In a grander yeah. scale, he's trying to take things to the next level. A true ambitionist. I get it. Okay. Yes. I'm I'm not a part of the community, but I would imagine that that comes with the territory. That, like, you're going to take a little bit of here, a little bit of there, try to one-up this guy here, also write your own. Mm. You have to do everything to yeah. make it work. Um, but, yeah, I was going to tell you the story of Chingling Fu, which is really interesting. He actually died by performing a illusion. Um, it was the bullet catching illusion one night I sense, on I sense stage. A theme happening here because isn't the great? Are we talking about Lafayette's death here? Isn't that what the intro no. said? No, we're talking about the person that he stole. No, I, uh, I understand some of his this from. little story, but I'm saying I sense a theme. Oh yeah, you think so? Is there a theme here that we're gonna? We're gonna there's, is there a twist coming with the Lafayette? Is he gonna die in some grand fashion? I guess we'll find out. But I don't know, Jeffrey. You Ch- might have to wait. Chingling Fu. Mm-hmm. Tried to catch a bullet. Yes, it was one of his signature illusions. No, that's, where he, how is that an illusion, <laughs> though? That's not an illusion. That's just a great uh, feat. And if you do it, great. But you do it once, you put it up. You know, you're like, okay, I did it once. I caught <laughs> dude, a bullet, dude. Believe me or not, I, I think that's a modern trick that people do, like a modern illusion where you pretend to catch it in your teeth. I think I saw a pretend? David Blaine. Oh, it's a pretend. Well, yeah, it's magic, Jeffrey. But. But if if he died from it, then he must have been really going at it. Well, let me tell you what happened. So one of his assistants fired the modified gun at him, um, and some of the gunpowder exploded in the gun's chamber, um, accidentally firing the bullet. So it was never meant to fire the actual bullet to him. He was Ah. supposed to pretend and then pull it out, and it would be this amazing trick, and everybody would go crazy, like acting like he caught a bullot. And this oh, time it so actually shot something. <laughs> okay. I, thought, I thought I was going to be impressed. I thought I was going to be really Dude. impressed. Like this man, how could a man the catch a, of a real bullet. bullet with his teeth? Dude. Okay, there's no way. I, you believe and, that? No, I don't. That's why I was going to be amazed. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not I a thought superhero. People were built different. different, you know. I thought, damn, <laughs> these people really are putting in the time. Yeah, man. No, he definitely was not able to do that as I don't think anybody even modern day could do that. So his assistant (laughs) killed him on accident. Yes. Uh, not obviously by accident. So he fired a modified gun at him. by accident or by accident? By accident. Okay. I'm like, that's a big difference there. (laughs) You put that word in front and suddenly it's a whole different podcast. Right. And now it's a completely different podcast. And a murder Um, mystery. The gunpowder exploded in the gun's chamber, accidentally firing the bullet. Um, and it was loaded only for show by the assistant. Um, and Maybe, it shot into But loot. hold on, hold on. Any sneaking <laughs> yeah. suspicion that it was by accident? By accident, in quote? Like, Dude, I think if you're performing this a lot, 
like accidents are bound to happen. Well, you're dealing with firearms and explosives and guns. That's the perfect excuse for someone who doesn't like someone. You know, oh, I've been doing this a ton. I mm. just slipped up. But did this person get in trouble? Do you know? For killing a man? <laughs> I have no idea. For that, killing that's the some buffet, extra research. Foo? Like, <laughs> you're not going to give me the end on whether uh, this person went to jail? <laughs> in my brain, that's the worst. Because in my brain, I immediately go back in time and think of like <laughs> that just being a completely different time where they're just like, oh, well, accidents happen. <laughs> wow. Dude just dies on stage. I can't, um, I can't believe it. But, I'm going to have to look this up after. Dude, you have to. Because I I don't even know what they did for the assistant, but it shot into Sue's lung, and he fell to the ground. And there's an actual quote of him saying, "Oh my God, something's happened. Lower the curtain." Oh, um, wow. This was one of the only times since adapting his persona that Chung Ling Su had spoken English in public. So it was the last sentence before he died. Oh wow! So he didn't let people know he spoke English. Yeah, no, that was a part of his persona that he did. Okay. Wow. Okay. So pretty crazy. But this was one of Sigmund's actual influences, um, obviously before he died. But yes, one of his influences and took a couple of his um, magic acts and like put it into his show. Right. I'm um, just going to be thinking about whether his assistant went to jail now. But okay. <laughs> whether gonna, justice was served. You're going to leave me really in a distaste for this. <laughs> There's no, Whole there's story. no, he was a magician working with a gun. I know. Like maybe accidents Listen, happen. First, first you tease me with the, he caught a bullet. He was going to catch a bullet in his teeth. I didn't tease teeth. you with it. Second, we don't even get an ending on whether <laughs> assistant went to jail. You know what? It's okay. There, That's not ending, why we're here though. I get it. The ending is that magician died trying to catch a bullet. Which is tragic. Okay. I'm just trying to, you know, make yes. sure that there's a book into that. But you know, it's okay. We're here for Sigmund. We're or here the for Great Segment. Lafayette. So he stole some some of Ching Ling Fu's act. Um, yes. And, okay, got it. Because he was actively more famous and performing shows around him all the time. Right. You steal from what's going right, and that dude was doing something right. So Yes. Um, by the early 1900s, Sigmund was well on his way to superstardom. With his, He has one house in London and his own luxury railway carriages in the U.S., one for himself and the other for his animals. Okay, so, so he was quickly well rising up the oh, ranks. Man. Dude, yes. you got your own carriages and your own house in London yeah, and man. you're traveling. Yeah, good for him. His dog's getting five-star meals. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so shortly after arriving in Edinburgh, um, in style, Beauty was taken ill. So his dog got sick. Um, the magician had begun to se- his uh, sellout performance at the Empire Palace Theater in Scotland on May 1st. Um, despite him paying for the services of a doctor and nurses to look after beauty, she died on May 4th. Um, reports say that the cause of her death was brought on by overfeeding and indulgence. Hmm. So she literally died by being pampered too much. Just being obese. I think that's what, like, she just died from a heart attack, maybe being, like, you know, overfed. It says, however... She would have been um, what would estimated be around 15 years old. So she was an older oh, dog. Oh, okay. Anyway. So then she just died of old age. <laughs> she did, but she was pampered. Apparently, that's what they named her death was it was by overfeeding and Sounds indulgence. like a diss. Sounds like that was just a pop shot. <laughs> you think that was a pop shot at him? Sounds like a pop shot. Like the dog's 15 years old and you go, oh no, it died from you taking too good care of it. <laughs> you know, like, okay, okay, that's a way Mr. To put Vet. It. Okay, Mr. Vet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> way, to, way to take a shot at someone after he dies. He just took well after his animals, you know? That's all. Why well, hate on this man? 
Um, but yeah, so obviously the effect on the great Lafayette that this had was devastating. Um, he had beauty embalmed and went to visit her at the funeral parlor every day. Hmm. Ama- uh, amazingly, he managed to arrange to have her buried in uh, a cemetery there in Edinburgh, but only by agreeing to the authorities that he would be buried in the same place when he died. Right. So apparently that was not an allowed thing, but because of his status and his money, he was able to pull his weight and get that done. Yeah. Um, but despite his grief, the magician got ready for the evening performance of his show at the Empire in front of a sold-out show of 3,000 fans on the 9th of May. This night would be the night that the world will talk about for years to come. Okay. And that's where we take the break. Perfect. <laughs> and we're back after that break. Where did I leave you off, Jeffrey? I don't remember. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm not playing yes. into your games, silly man. That's right. This is where things get a little, you know, topsy-turvy. Um, and there's a couple twists along the way. I was so, about to say, so I was going to ask, you know, we have to be leading to something because... There's a lot of stories we can have just about great magicians. Like, cool, he's a great magician, Jake, but what happened? What actually happened? I'll tell you the crazy story. So when he was playing in front of the Empire uh, Palace here, he had a sold-out show of 3,000 fans. Um, The Great Lafayette did not perform magic tricks. As such, his show was a series of magical sketches and theatrical performances. Um, this night he performed the lion's bride, which was one of the high points of his whole performance, um, included themes of characters that may seem dated or stereotypical from the 21st century perspective, but which were sensational at the time. So I'm going to describe one of, uh, this actual like show to you. So the princess, a beautiful Christian maiden in quotations, um, survives a shipwreck only to be taken to. Um, a harem, which I believe is a separate part of a Muslim household reserved for wives, concubines, and stuff like that. I had to look that up as well. Um, of a monarch. Her lover, her Persian envoy, played by the great Lafayette, rides to her rescue, even daring to enter, uh, enter that place and attempt to release her. Um, the princess is offered a choice of becoming the wife of the person or being thrown into a cage with a royal lion. She chooses death. And at the peak of the act involved with the princess being placed in the cage with the real lion, which leaps towards her only to have the head dramatically torn away to reveal the magician himself. Um, This act was set against a backdrop of fire eaters, jugglers, costume performers who brought the whole scene to life. So you can imagine how crazy and elaborate some of this stuff is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he's he's moving on with his show and he's killing it. Tonight, like, people are losing their minds. The crowd is absolutely eating it up. When, just when the act was coming to an end, something weird happens. One of the lanterns that he had, it was like a, um, a couple lanterns hanging from the top of the roof of mm-hmm. the palace. One of them fell to the bottom of the stage and caught fire. Okay. Um, Nothing a little water audience, can't fix. Nothing a little, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, water, Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, you know, um, come on. You know how to put out a fire. You throw your coat on it, stomp on it. You know. Yeah. This, well, this works. Quiet, it's, I imagine this it's fire, one lantern. <laughs> well, this fire spread very, very quickly. Um, Is everything made since, of kindling, or what's the <laughs> cheap workers? <laughs> what's happening? I'm, I'm really, I'm not, I'm not amused by this. <laughs> You're not? One, one, one lantern is going to 
catch this whole place? You know, hey, I, I guess I can't judge, but okay. Jeffrey, the whole place would burn to the ground. Of course it does. It does. So, basically, since the audience was expecting the special effects for which he was known, right, and made him famous, no one realized at first that anything was wrong. Ah. Um, they were all in awe and wondering what would happen next. Um, the black curtain... Li- quickly was consumed by these flames and the fire curtain was immediately dropped into place, separating the audience from the performers on stage. So obviously the fire curtain is one for fire safety Mm. um, that they lower when this happens. So apparently this happens a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. If you're used to it, that's That's wild. But they dropped the barrier. So a very confused audience of 3000 people was evacuated um, reasonably quickly without any injury or loss of life, which is great. Um, but those who were on stage were facing a much worse scenario um, backstage. So you see with the rise of the La- the great Lafayette's fame also rose his paranoia. He was cutthroat world where every magician and performer were trying to gain an edge on their competition. As a result, the great Lafayette told his staff before the show that every door and exit must be locked. Hmm. To prevent anybody from sneaking in and accidentally seeing how he performed some of his tricks or anything like that. Hmm. So they were in a really bad spot. As a result... Safety concern. The, fi- you know? the fire was spreading. What if a fire happened? You know, you, where are you going to go? <laughs> exactly. How do you get out? <laughs> right? You know, is you're supposed to have like two forward exits, two middle, you know? That's right. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> well, he, Where's he the did, fire extinguisher when you need it? Locked him out. You know, it was Wild West. That's right. So, he locked uh, but every surely, one of Jacob, surely, if in. you lock something, you can unlock it because you have a key, right? D- don't tell me they didn't have the key. Well, his in his paranoia, he swallowed I, the key. <laughs> like what happened? Like, we, what, like what happened in his paranoia? Like what did he expect to happen? Uh, well, from the story, the fire spreads insanely quickly. So I don't know if there was one set of keys. Oh my I don't know God. if he kept them on his person. <laughs> he definitely swallowed the keys. My he definitely God, swallowed the key like a true magician that he was. Right. Um, <laughs> but For his no final knows, act. Besides, he had 11 stagehands at the time backstage. Yeah. And they couldn't get out. So, um, right, the... As the fire was spreading, his staff and all the animals were trapped backstage Mm. because of them being locked in, um, all because of his stupidity. All 10 of his stagehands had died. Wow. Um, How did, wait, but how did he get out? Yeah, he he found a way out. I wonder if he had the key. You cheap but, son of a gun. You, right? Yo, hold on now. The great Lafayette, you just, <laughs> yep. you locked the doors. 10 he, people he, died. 10 people died. That's horrific. Yeah. Yes. And all the animals. All the animals inside, oh, which I thought would my. make you more mad. Okay. Now, I don't like this guy now. Yep. I don't like him yep. at all. Like, sure, freak accident, but my dude, you got out. How, if you, surely there's not that many people. Like, say there's 20 people backstage. I'm just thinking about this. In a theater, okay? You're on stage. There's, something goes wrong. You don't think you could round up those 20 to 30 people and have dude, them follow wherever I'm going? I'm the great Lafayette. I think this happened at a pretty rapid pace. Uh, this I, fire spread like I, I'm crazy. I'm going to be judgmental as hell right now. <laughs> okay, go for it. Honestly, how how sick of a like magic trick would that be if he just showed up in front of the theater as it burned down? As I lived, wow. and like that's nah, that's his nah, whole magic I'm not trick. for it. Wow, this guy's a villain now. I don't. He's a villain in a little bit. Um, this is wild. <laughs> but yeah, so all ten of the stagehands that were backstage died. Wow, um, that's horrible. somehow miraculously though. 
the great Lafayette himself made it out unharmed. Um, he was in shock and turned around looking at the theater along with the 3,000 people outside who couldn't stop keep, keep their eyes off of it. Hmm. Um, the theater was full of smoke and fire at this time. And all of a sudden, he decided in a split second that he's going back in. Oh, okay. Maybe not a villain? Is this now, a I know what you're arc? thinking, Jeffrey. I know what you're thinking. He must have realized he locked those doors, and he must have gone in to sta- uh, save those stagehands, right? Yeah, you're going to break my heart because <laughs> right? redem- there's no redemption here. I, I mean, that's, no what, that's what a good human would do, right? I, I, to people. be honest with you, that's a, that's a tough question. You see a burning building, it's that's a moral question. We don't need to get into the moral <laughs> grounds of would you run into a, a burning building. But this man... Sh- I, I feel like should have the oblig- feel an obligation to yes. So especially knowing it was out of his paranoia that he told everyone to lock the doors, if that's what right. he's expecting. But my right. assumption is, let me take a pop shot of this <laughs> villain of a this great Lafayette. I'm I'm yeah. mad at now. Let me take a pop shot here. I'm assuming uh-huh. he runs in because he left something about personal to his dog. It was a purely selfish move. That's my guess. Let's go forward now with the actual answer. Maybe. Uh, yeah. No, he didn't go back in for the stagehands. Um, spoiler alert, he decided to go back in to save his horse, Jeffrey. Okay, yeah, valiant. But save everybody, (laughs) my guy. Now, he had lots of animals in his show, Mm -hmm. but his horse was apparently the most valuable part of his act. So he felt like he couldn't afford to lose it. The valuable, oh my. Okay, yeah, I'm really not into this now. <laughs> I'm really not into this Yeah, now. you know, forget forget the 10 humans behind stage. Um, let's just go get my horse. If he um, can get the horse, if he gets the horse out and, uh, and it's... How pissed are you going to be? Oh, ex- <laughs> you got a, a two-ton animal out of a burning theater. But you couldn't save all the humans trapped inside from a fire. Because the horse would be in the same place, I would assume. In the backstage area, right? Like where you're not right. putting the, the horse is not going to be out front with the, the 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 crowd, so it would have to be backstage. Was my assumption? Yeah. So where the other exactly. stage hands and the helpers would be, who were locked and somehow died. Yeah. Yep. Um. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Exactly. Give it to me. Give it to me. So, sadly, uh, he would never save it. Okay. So him and his horse died along with all of his stage hands. Within the theater, oh, he as died. It down. He died. He died. Wait, what? Yes. Wait, what? 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 So he lived. There's an account mm-hmm. of him coming outside, and then the people yep. saw him run back in. Yes. Okay. And he, he went back in for his horse and never made it back out. Wait a minute. Is the Great Lafayette who the the movie was made off of with Jack uh, Hugh Jackman? No, 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 no. That was about the circus. If yeah, you're talking about, but is that not? The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman? Is that not a, a ripoff of The Great Lafayette? It is no? not. No, it is not. I no. thought it was about a magician. It's different. Maybe. Okay. Um, my no, bad. definitely different. Because I, I just remember in that, um, um, I just remember in that um, movie there was a burning uh, uh, theater and he runs back in or something and saves somebody. Or, so there's yeah, something so involved him, in a similar fashion. So that's where my mind went. I hear you. So like him trying to be the hero to go back to save his horse he dies along with his horse inside the theater as it burns to the ground. Wow. Um, yeah. So every person that was a part of that show behind the stage died. Yeah. Um, this fire that consumed the theater burned for several hours. After it was finally starting to die down, they started the task of uncovering people. Hmm. 
Um, unfortunately, just pulling out bodies, um, just pulling out the bodies, they were able to pull out the Great Lafayette. Hmm. His body was right there next to his horse. Huh. So that's where they found him. Wow. Um, so, so then, so maybe, maybe listen, listen, death uh, softens all. So maybe. <laughs> maybe you've been too harsh. <laughs> no, but here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Because who's inside I mean, the mind in. of the guy? Who's inside the mind of the guy at that time? Nobody. So how are they saying? Now I'm just skeptical of the article or wherever the info is coming from. What do you mean? Because here, here's my thought. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Okay, who's inside of the mind going? Oh, he went back in because he thought the horse was valuable. Maybe he had. A, maybe he was actually trying to go back in and yeah. help. You it was know? In a, the the article was stating that it was in a very important part of his act. Right. And he had specifically said he's going back in for his horse instead of the people that he made. Oh, he said there. that like for like with his w- mouth. Like, well, yeah, they know. Okay. They know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that he went back for for his horse. Okay. Um. So then I'm I'm lukewarm. I don't know. He's still half lukewarm. villain in my in my head. Right. Freak but accident death, couldn't control, you know, but maybe didn't do enough to help. Yeah, that's maybe where I'm. I mean, he did lock all the doors. Right, right, yeah, like responsibility, and he obviously died along with. Um, I I love that we're posing this like a moral dilemma. Well, listen, <laughs> it, it is because you you just gave me two different things. A man runs out at first and then goes back in, and yes. we think we think we know that he ran back in because of the horse. Right. Um. But you know, you never maybe he qu- went back in to save not, everybody. Maybe not. You know. Right. Maybe he changed um, his mind halfway through and was like, I'm going to try to get everybody out of here and just couldn't do it. Yeah. So that's where that's why it's a moral thing. Because it is, you know, it's the whole, would you run into a burning building to save someone else? So That's true. Um, anyway, okay. So noted, this guy died yes. uh, along it, with, um, sadly, 10 other people in this theater. That's right. Yep. And all of his animals. Um, and his body was found right next to his horse. So a true tragedy in all senses of the word. Um, the people have this huge funeral for him in his honor. Even Harry Houdini himself made sure it was a big event. So um, with a horse-drawn carriage and a parade happening, hmm. it is estimated that 250,000 people showed up to pay their respects. That's a huge-ass fucking funeral, See, man. And here I'm saying he's a villain, but just because people like you doesn't mean you're not a villain. But man, maybe he's not. I, know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm quick to... To be judgmental here, so um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still making <laughs> yeah. up my mind on it. 250,000 people, okay. Houdini right. obviously vouched for the guy. So they pulled out all the stops. Yeah, Houdini was there, pulled out, like, had a full parade, everything for him. Um, they would end up buying uh, the Great Lafayette with, uh, sorry, burying the Great Lafayette with his beloved dog, Beauty, in the same plot. Hmm. So that's where they would bury him. The end. Well, that's it. No, there's no more to the story. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume probably because his death, you know. <laughs> Except, wait, well, that don't, isn't. Don't tell me he didn't die. You that so, is not you the me, end of the story. You told me, you're gonna say he didn't die. You're gonna okay. Then he's a villain. Villain. No, 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 no. Villain. I'm. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm really mad. No, it's just not the end of the story, Jeffrey. Okay. okay? So, back at the side of the theater. They were obviously still clearing the debris. So that just meant it was a huge theater. So that just meant like, you know, everything from boards to, you know, bricks, everything. They were clearing it out and they were pulling debris. uh, They were pulling apart the burnout stage and underneath it, they found a body. Okay. And it was the great of the great Lafayette. Right. 
So the man they had buried was the wrong person. Oh, gotcha. Oh, God. The person that they buried and Houdini had a huge parade for and two, like a quarter of a million people showed up for the funeral was his stage double. It was the one that he used to perform his illusions. He wow. got trapped underneath the stage. With the, with the horse. Yeah. Not with the horse. No, this, they found, well, they, the, well, they they said, found his they double found next to the horse. With the horse, I thought, right? Because th- they found this That's, body with the horse. That was his double. Right. So the, the double tried to save the horse as well. Yes. The double tried to save the horse. Oh, Here, let me, let so me click confused. this out for you. I'm so confused. So, uh, this is why we don't do not, night pods right now. No, uh, it's okay. <laughs> Listen, so the, the guy ran back in. He died. Yeah. But they thought yeah. they found the body next to the horse. They thought it was the Great Lafayette. And they ended yes. up finding that that wasn't the Great Lafayette. Right. It was a, The Great Lafayette the never got out. Right. He was underneath the stage, trapped. So the double ran back in? Yes. So the double ran out, lived, and came back in. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> yeah. So they literally, well, they're pulling apart the stage, and they find him and realize that, like, of course, a magician has multiple people that look like him, so he could show up on one side of the stage right. and end up on the other. Right. So for all his shows. So, yeah, they buried his stage double with his dog. Wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anyways, <laughs> they pulled out the, the real Lafayette. So the man they had buried was the wrong person. Now it was I'm just getting stage back double. into the same conversation we just talked about. <laughs> now I'm going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just get away from man. the horse. I just slandered this man. <laughs> I just slandered, oh, man. I slandered the man, uh, Jacob. You let me slander him. And it was the dude. stage double who thought that dude was committed then. If that dude yeah. was known for saying, I'm going back in to save the horse, that stage double really wanted it too, man. He was committed, dude. Wow. He was committed. I, um, just, I just bad-mouthed someone who just <laughs> just kind of died by happenstance. Oh, my God, dude. My my sides hurt a little bit. I just cannot kinda... believe you let me go on that rant about how this man might be evil. And I, they just end up finding he he died in the back oh my the same as the rest. Yeah, also, so I mean, he, granted, to his own devices, his own paranoia that led him there, right? He, the he did lock the doors. Yes, he did. He Man. did. So he kind of led to his own death. That moral decision, though, I mean, that, yeah. that stage devil really yeah. had to, I mean, he was committed. Yeah. So because they were dressed the same and looked very similar and yeah. had, you know, obviously been caught in a fire. Right. Uh, they buried the lookalike with his dog. Yeah. Um. After they identify the man as the Great Lafayette that they found underneath the stage, they have to go. They go dig up the other guy from his yeah. grave okay. and put the real Lafayette in the actual grave with his dog. I mean, I feel like they should just put. Never mind. Well, what are you gonna say? The second guy also deserves. I mean, he 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 ran back into that thing. You know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What does he deserve? He deserves that I don't know. that parade. I don't know. I, I've kind of I've kind of swapped my my theory on this now. It's all wow. been twisted upside down. Okay, so we have a few loose ends. Now, One, think about the this. stage hand that can't, that killed. Yeah. <laughs> that stage hand that accidentally killed. Uh, was it Sue? Sue, and then we Sue have was this, the dude's name. That was his last name. Yes. Sue. Okay. Rest in peace, Sue. Like, Rest in peace, man. But he went back in for the horse. If that's what people were known for this guy to say, saying, that, oh, I need to go back in, I need to get the horse. He was found next to the horse. That's wild. 
He was committed, wild. you know. He, he yeah. was wanting it. So maybe you know, I don't know, man. That's so, that's a wild ending. Yeah, so that's literally where the story ends of the Great Lafayette, but it was so interesting because a magician at this height of fame like dying in such a magician like fashion. Horrific like, fashion, like, but yes. Hit, uh, no, dude, I, I completely agree. <laughs> Dies in a fire. The, great, the most magician-like way to go. Dude, call me out. That, friend. No, no, no. He was he was literally considered uh, like the highest paid magician of his time. Right, yeah. So like, he was making blaze bank. Glory, definitely, in all pun intended. But. And for it to end in like a mess up where like, almost like an illusion where he's dead but he's not dead and it's him but it's not him yeah it just it was a very interesting story for someone such high profile at the time yeah and honestly all his stuff really got outshadowed by harry houdini after this Mm. but um yeah obviously left some sort of legacy so (laughs) that's what i was i was trying to set you up for that hook at the end let me slander the man (laughs) I who, just, who just died from a freak accident? You know, I'm I'm still a little mad just because just thinking about all the animals too. Like I hate all the innocent people that were a part of the show, but just thinking about those animals that did not want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't lock the doors, you know. That's why you got yeah, fire dude, assets, you know? dude. Is your is your illusion worth it? No, it's not, dude. It's not. Well, like he obviously <laughs> didn't expect it to happen, you know. But you just that's true. Just don't lock the doors, you know. Don't lock the doors. Yeah, don't lock the doors, man. Give everybody a key. Hey, everybody, don't lock your doors at night. You never know. I wonder if I he didn't trust them to have a key. I won't, I won't even go down this dark path. <laughs> Where are you going to go? I watched Where are you gonna go? The, um, the Shepherd by the Sea, or no, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, I haven't and seen it, that. The, the main sad selling point of this movie is that people die in a fire and it's oh, horrific yikes um so you know uh just don't watch that movie <laughs> it's <a> great emmy, <laughs> emmy emmy award-winning movie but you know. and this has been jeffrey's movie reviews <laughs> well i just thought, yeah. don't watch it <laughs> i just thought about the fire and like man it's that's horrific dude horrific yeah yeah definitely <laughs> anyway this wow great what, a, what a terrible <laughs> note to leave it on for listen, the podcast. listen, listen <laughs> and we gotta go listen 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 you're the one who you're the one who pulled this story about this man dying in a, a fire you're right um, i did so don't so don't fault me for having a moralistic uh guys you know i apologize to myself oh man uh, i don't think i've laughed this hard on a podcast in a while dude yeah well oh, great but- story jake <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know how I ran across it. I just ran across one of the, like the weirdest deaths, um, of famous magicians yeah. and saw it and was just a like, casual Google work. search, you know, just a casual just Google ran search. across it. <laughs> what you're, what you're doing on the weekends, man. No. If you aren't Google, <laughs> the weirdest deaths of magicians enter. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I thought it'd be entertaining. Yeah, I hope you we're, liked we're it. Gonna have, we're definitely gonna have to do one on Houdini. Um, we'll have to yeah, to dude, we'll have to. Um, definitely have to. Cool. Well, but yeah, let's that's start my a whole show. New casual history segment where we're gonna start going down, or not segment, but um, theme. We're like magicians, we have theme. pirates that are kind of steady through our time. True. We talk a little, quite a bit about Hitler in that time. Um, yep. You know, we're gonna start adding another one of magicians. Dude, I'm waiting for one of your. Um, one of your famous Egypt episodes, oh, Jeffrey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we have never caught up on your Egypt stories. Yeah, we got we got to g- go back in. There's some more evidence that have 
um, populated. Really? Of recently? Yeah, just some interesting facts about it. Uh, I won't get into it. We won't get into it. We'll okay. save it for the podcast. All right, all right, save um, it. I got but, you. Um, yeah, thanks right, for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can find us at Casual X History on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything you got, um, we got. Um, we got That's some right. cool new stuff we're posting on there every time we post an episode. Um, and we're going to also be hitting up some, like a question if you're on Spotify, check check that questionnaire. It might have popped up half you know, way through the episode, but give us an answer. You know, yeah. Was it, was the should Lafayette he have gone back in? A I terrible person. We got, we, yeah, we got to make it about the fire. We got to make it about. Was Jeffrey wrong? The question is just gonna be: Was Jeffrey <laughs> yes, wrong? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's <laughs> all it is. Be Can it. we please just put: Was Jeffrey wrong? I'll definitely do that. I I'll definitely, definitely need that. a um, uh, yeah, moral <laughs> check here, people. Um, oh my gosh. Anyways, right. this was so fun. All right. <laughs> Anything else uh, on your end, Jake? I don't think so. Besides just, yeah, if you, if you really like this podcast, please share with your friends. We love doing this. This is so much fun for us and, uh, look forward to doing another one next week. I'm going to sound like an old man. Give us a like on Facebook, you know? Yeah. Give, give us a, a like. Give the, give that old Facebook page a give, like. Give it the old, <laughs> Why the old we, like. Why do we, we turn super Southern when we're old or something? I don't know. I don't, man. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know anymore. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see you next week. Um, this is coming out on Monday, so we'll, we'll be back on the next Monday. That's right. All right. Bye, everyone.